0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.
2: From MPB Think Radio, this is Bunny Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodrick Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're also both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder holds the certificate in investment performance measurement from the CFA Institute. Good morning, Ryder.
3: Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. Yes. Uh, and you heard from Nancy. She apparently she is, is stuck in traffic. Yes. Apparently, there's a wreck on 55. I'm guessing uh, so. So if you're on 55, drive carefully drive slowly.
2: Uh, so, hopefully, uh, she will uh, be able to make it in, but if not, we will press on without her.
3: Um, so, uh, what about some financial news in the news? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Um, yesterday, well, in the past couple of days, uh, folks have been talking about Social Security again because, you know, another, every now and then, uh, just a report, a study comes out saying, oh, you know, but hey, by the way, just want to remind you Social Security Trust Fund is going to run out in 2035 or something. Um, and if you are currently taking Social Security, Don't panic 2035 is a long way away Um, But also That doesn't mean They're going to Stop paying out It doesn't mean That the program Is over Um, It it means that Right now The benefits That are paid To people You know Social security Has been collecting Money for a long time And they have A large bank account uh, But they also Collect money Every day Or you know Every quarter at least And And so that's what They're paying those um, Those benefits out of And so You know There's calculations Saying oh They're going to have Reduced benefits By a certain percentage You know In the future um, But that's a long time For uh, Congress uh, To do something about it So if you are Concerned about it Which you should be uh, Do uh, call your congressman um, And call your senators And talk about that um, Another issue That was uh, Had Had the internet On fire yesterday Was uh, student loans, and uh, this is a favorite of mine because I I just don't think anyone gets it. Um, Elizabeth Warren, who is running, uh, I I don't know if she's announced, but she's probably running for president uh, in 2020. Oh, Lord, we've already started talking about the presidential (laughs) election. Um, But she announced a plan which involved uh, part of the plan for making college more affordable was uh, forgiveness of some student loans, and uh, you know, people were on fire about that because you know, firstly, you know, why just forgive student loans broadly? Um, you know, fifty thousand dollars per person, I think, was the was the suggestion. You know, there's plenty of people who can afford their student loans. There's plenty of people who are paying them or, or have already paid them off. And I think a lot of the discussion, you know, is difficult because a lot of people just don't realize how good and flexible student loans are. Um, people talk about, you know, student loans, oh, it consumes so much of my budget. Well, all student loans, essentially all student loans now have the option to do income-based repayments, which limit the repayment to uh, 10 or 15% of your income. And that's your income beyond uh, some some basic level. So, nobody, like, nobody should be starving because they're student loans. Nobody should really be suffering their budget should not be suffering because of student loans um, it would be a combination of other things and and additionally all of those plans offer some sort of forgiveness after 20 or 25 years so you know while we always do hear stories of you know someone in their 50s or 60s still having student loans from you know decades ago that going forward really shouldn't be the problem that it's been before and uh, a lot of people just don't realize those benefits are there, and so a lot of f- folks who are having trouble with their student loans or have a huge balance, the issue is just, maybe they need to, to kind of do some planning and figure out what the best plan for them uh, would be. And so those are two two really big issues that um, I know we always have a lot of callers about those, so hopefully they'll, they'll chime in with something today as well. Uh, so,
2: maybe this is oversimplified, but correct me if I'm wrong, but basically people working today are providing the social security money really for retirees. And so as you work,
3: yes. And, and so that's how it works right.
2: is that as each generation begins to work. That's how Absolutely. people who have retired still. Yeah, get
3: it's, benefits. it's, it's not that um, you've paid in and there's some account with your name <laughs> on it. I mean, you've just, everyone puts it into the same bucket. And while yes, you know, we can look and go see how much, you know, how many actual dollars you have paid in that it, it doesn't necessarily bear a whole lot of relation to what you are going to get out. And and that money that you put in is going to be long gone by the time you start taking money out. And somebody else will be paying in. So, um, that, you know, it's why it's important that we have a growing economy and a growing population paying into that. Uh, that's what's so important um, with Social Security. All right. So we've got a caller on the line. Let's begin the show by
2: talking to Terry in Jackson. Terry, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please.
4: Good morning. Morning. Um, I thought I I would come to the Oracle for (laughs) Uh the correct answer. So uh, no pressure. (laughs) Uh, My question is about the Social Security Trust Fund. And I've heard different stories. You know, you hear things here, you hear things there, that Congress has taken money out of the Social Security Trust Fund to pay for other things.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: And that's one of the reasons that the Trust Fund is in trouble. If it had never been touched, if it had like been completely separate, you can't touch it, only use it for social security, that we would be solvent.
3: Can you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, so you, you you do hear this sort of thing uh, a lot, and um, it's it's not uh, not not exactly wrong, but it's definitely not right. So the Social Security Trust Fund uh, invests in uh, treasuries, um, and and so essentially, yes, it does loan the government money back for operating, but it's it's not it's not that you know the tr- trust fund has. A hundred dollars today, and they just straight up gave ten dollars to Congress to go, you know, blow on lunch. It was they had a hundred dollars, and in order to generate some um, some income from it, uh, to let it grow a little bit in the most secure manner they could, they purchased treasuries or they loaned it uh, to Congress. So that's um, that's how a lot of, that that's what happens. It's it's not it's not the money. It, it's it's wrong to think of it as money is just being taken out of social security for other purposes. It's being lent out, and it is obligated to be paid back. Um, that's that's kind of how it works. If that makes sense, it does. Okay. The
4: other question. The other question I have is if something has to be done about this crippling debt on student loans. It Mm -hmm. is really taking young, you know, I'd say 30s, 20s -hmm. people and and putting them up against uh, the wall when it comes Mm -hmm. to things that we took for granted. I'm older, I'm 58, Mm -hmm. but, you know, buying a house, um, Mm -hmm. when I went to Mississippi State, I think my tuition was $950 per semester. Um, So you know, it's it's a situation where these kids are getting hammered,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and they, they start out in life owing so much money. Mm-hmm. So this has got to be detrimental to our way of life and our economy.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a great comment, and, uh, you know, you brought up a good point that a lot of people talk about with student loans. It's just people don't realize how much more expensive um, a college education has gotten. Uh, we just had news. Uh, I was listening to it on the way over about all of the public universities in Mississippi are raising their tuition. I don't know what it is, but it is a uh, the number has more digits than nine hundred and fifty dollars in it, and um, and it is a lot more expensive. And 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 not only that is that, uh, but w- a college degree has become a lot more just the base level for entering um, entering the workforce. Uh, so it's it's becoming more necessary to have one, a, a, just a bachelor's or a master's or more. And also, we are encouraging more people to go. And so all of those have led to a problem of so much demand for college education. And uh, so that's part of the reason why the the price has escalated so quickly. One. Um, Caution! I always. I mean, again, you know, I go back to one. Almost no matter the debt burden, it it shouldn't be. um, It shouldn't be so crippling to people. Um, Again, the the options for income based repayments and uh, built in forgiveness and a lot of those things are a lot newer, and so people are only starting to uh, get those benefits. But you do make a good point. You know, if somebody, you know. 23 years old and has a hundred thousand dollars of debt um kind of no matter where they are and even if they can you know work it into their budget and even if they do you know manage the payments that is still going to be a limiting factor in their professional Growth it is still going to be a limiting Factor in their willingness to take On more debt and other risks It is still going to be a limiting factor when They try to buy a house and settle down and have A family it is still going to be a limiting Factor in a whole lot of things they can't Take the risk of say you know moving To another city to try to find a job because They you know they have to make Those payments and if they have cat You know um, so So that's still a limiting factor and and When you think about that on it, you know, it's You know, fine. Well, you know, our economy isn't affected if one person is struggling, but our economy is affected if if an entire generation of of young professionals is, um, you know, has 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 that different attitude and has has. A limited ability uh, to invest in their local economies through buying a house or or, or what have you. So it does affect things more broadly. Um, but like I said, I think a lot of the you know the options, the repayment options on student loans, I think people could take advantage of those more. Um, they have become they're they're very good tools. Um, and the issue is often not that uh, people's student loan burden is too much. It's just that oftentimes people aren't getting the value out of their education that maybe they were led to believe. Um, you yeah. know, they're they're paying a lot for an education, and it, it could be a good education, but it's not translating into into the the profession or the income that they were expecting.
2: All right, uh, Terry, thanks for your call. We're going to have to cut the conversation off temporarily there while we take our first break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, the number is one eight seven seven MPB Ring one 672 7464 You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. When we go back, we do have an email. We're looking for your personal finance questions as well. We'll be back with more Money Talks after this.
0: listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
2: Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. A reminder: that if you ever miss part of the show, you can go to mpbonline.org slash moneytalks to listen again. Or if you prefer, download the MPB public media app. When you do that on your smartphone, you can listen to all the MPB Think Radio programs on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here today with uh, Ryder Taft Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our other expert, Dr. Nancy Lotter anderson unfortunately, I believe, is caught in traffic caused by an accident on the interstate as she was making her way to the studio. Hopefully, though, she'll be here Uh, with us before the end of the hour but if not we will plow on without her Um, and uh, we've got a couple of calls on the line Ryder. it looks like you did touch a nerve with our uh, opening (laughs) discussion about social security and student loans but before we do that we do have an email here and i think this one came uh, from when we were talking about maybe mutual funds for the last couple of weeks but this one says do you understand the logic if any of paying tax on capital gain distributions in mutual funds there's not
3: actual cash flow until the fund is cashed in um well one to take it from the end you can have cash flow because you you don't have to reinvest that that capital gains distribution so the the logic is that they distribute it because the the you would owe the taxes when something is sold in there um and the logic of the distribution is to give you the cash flow to pay the taxes so yeah there i mean there is logic there um it just it's just how the structure of the mutual fund works um it's not it's not fantastic. Uh, but but that's how the structure of the mutual fund works and, and if and if you find it difficult to pay those taxes, then you should take that capital gains distribution in cash and there there's your money. All right. Good to see Dr. Nancy
2: lotridge janderson in studio with us. Nancy, uh, uh, Ryder tells me that you dealt with uh, an accident on your way and not you with you.
1: No, not me. It was just a lovely commute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like creeping along. Spend some time on the stack. (laughs) Yeah, you know, one of those mornings. I left my house at 830, and I I was early, but you
2: see what happened. Yes. Yeah, that's very frustrating, and it's always amazing to me that with most accidents, by the time you get there, it's cleared up so you have no idea. of what it was yeah. that cost it yeah. in the first place. Okay. Uh, at the beginning of the show, Ryder talked a little bit about Social Security and student loans, and it looks like uh, yeah, we've got oh some boy. folks that want to talk about it. So let's begin again. We'll go to uh, Madison. Frank's on the line. Good morning, Frank. You're on the air with us. Thank you.
6: have a, um, a comment on student loans and Social Security, and then I'll hang up and like to hear your take on it. Okay. The problem with our student loans is interest rates. It's crazy for a student loan to have more, a higher interest rate than the mortgage on our homes. The government is, is administering these loans at a high, higher interest rate than they should be and making a profit on students. The cost of administering a student loan should not be one dime more than the actual cost to administer the service of those loans. Secondly, Social Security. Right now, there's a cap on Social Security somewhere around 125 dollars $130,000 annual income, and you stop paying. Why shouldn't someone making $200,000, $300,000, $400,000 keep paying Social Security all the way, just like people less than $125,000 do? There's no reason to have a cap on when you stop paying it. And let the people that earn more pay more into the system because when they retire, just like everyone else, they're going to draw their share back out. I'd like to hear your comments. Thank you.
1: All right, Frank. Thanks for the call. All right, I'm going to take Social Security, and I'll let Ryder take the student loans. How about that? Doesn't that seem appropriate?
3: Well, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's chi- let's hear you um, chime in, Nancy. Uh, first,
1: I would say with Social Welcome. Security, um, yes, there is a cap. I think it's around 128,000 right yeah, yeah, now. he's about right. And um, But understand there is a cap to what you can draw based on the cap on those earnings that are taxed. So those people who are making above that amount, um, they're going to be limited to what they've paid into the system. So right now, I think the top amount is somewhere around $2,600, $2,700 um, is the most you can draw from Social Security. Now, one of the proposals is to take the cap off so that we have more coming into the system. At one point there was a cap for Medicare. Now there is no cap on Medicare. We had to take that off because of recognizing we're not bringing in enough to cover our expenses. And I think that's going to be one of the things that we look at. If we look at the problem with Social Security, it has not been addressed since uh, 1983, and we're going to have to somehow increase revenue, which reducing that cap would do that, and maybe be decrease the um, cost of the system by increasing the age that we can draw.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. They, and there were... Um, you get
1: student loans. Yeah, I get
3: student loans. But I mean, there's there's several... Well, he only addressed that, but there's, there's several different approaches to... to Fixing Social Security, and I mean that's a great point that it just had nothing's been done since 1980. Right, and we're going to have to. Um, And so, student loans. So I just did look up the current student loan interest rates. Um, This isn't. This is a very interesting take, Frank. Um, Student loans are a fairly. Low interest loan right now for undergraduate uh, loans it's about five percent that is up a good bit it was about three and a half percent a couple years ago I remember and the highest they get which is for kind of graduate school and uh, parent support loans and kind of loans over your 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 initial your initial uh, maximum of loans is about seven percent and yes that's higher than a mortgage but um, one, the U.S., the Department of Education does not make money on these. Uh, a huge portion of uh, student loans are in default, and you don't make money on loans that Plus, are in default. Plus,
1: um, most of them are going through private banks, commercial banks. A
3: lot, yes, do yes, go through private banks. Yes, they're the ones making money off of that. Um, and, and so, yes, there is, there is when there is interest rates, some people are making money. Um, uh, however, those interest rates are pretty low. And keep in mind, this is this is totally unsecured debt. I, I mean, a, a mortgage is so low because if you don't pay your mortgage, we know where your house is. You're not you're not just going to run off with it. And it's not just that we know where it is. There is a house there and that house has been appraised and the house is like we know what the value is um, with a student loan. I mean, you take that money, you spend it on your you know, your tuition and your books. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing for a lender to repossess. There's, it's, it's just totally unsecured. Like nobody's going to take your degree. Nobody's going to take your education away from you. But
1: I know you're a big fan
3: of income based repayment mm. plans. All right. And talked at length about this. I don't know if our listeners Okay, well never never I <laughs> was on the <laughs> <We> road, <laughs> you
1: know, I had no you, idea.
3: You could have tuned in to 91.3. I, I was trying to listen and to calming
1: music. <laughs> it was just really <laughs>
3: frustrating. Um, yeah, well I mean, to, to reiterate, there are a lot of repayment plans that do make the student loan a lot more affordable than than that kind of sticker price looks.
2: And, you know, Nancy, one point that you made on the Social Security, which is unusual, the idea that it hasn't been touched in what now over, what is it, about 30 years, is that historically Congress has sort of updated it as the situation has right. changed. It
1: should be updated basically every generation because we're living longer. We have to look at our demographics to look at what's being paid into the system so we're now reaching the point we're pretty close to the point of two workers supporting one retiree what well, you just can't keep going like that
2: all right a couple more calls to get to let's uh, go back to the phone lines again this time uh to tupelo lee's called in good morning lee you're on the air with us
7: Good morning. Uh, but like the previous caller, kind of just want to make a comment about the student loan thing. Okay. And then just let you all debate it. Sure. Um, basically, my son just went to school uh, at Idlewama Community College here in Tupelo. Graduated last May. Uh, um, he could have done it completely debt-free with Pell Grants uh, and the other financing that he had. Uh, he did choose to take out a small student loan to help purchase a really good car so that once he graduated, he would have good transportation to take him to and from jobs as he applied. Uh, he went into the IT field within two months of graduating. he landed a job at, on a project with Nuclear Energy Headquarters down in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, started out at $21 an hour, went to 25 He's currently with them now, uh, making good money, repaying his loan. The problem I'm seeing with these student loans is is we're not getting students and children guidance that they properly need in a real-world environment. You you can't uh, go in and spend $100,000 on a high-dollar education to study a frog somewhere in the Amazon rainforest and expect to get a job doing that when you come out. We've got to give our children realistic expectations of what the real world market is out there so that they can choose a career path that will actually give them a job to afford to pay back student loans. The other thing is simply they don't all have to go to four-year colleges right off the bat best thing to do would be to go to a community Mm. college where you can do that basically for free with pell grants and other financing then choose what your career path is and go to your higher education areas uh, four-year six-year degrees but then like i say focus on a a job or a career path that you will be able to find a a good paying job Uh, I made the mistake myself when I was young. I went to school for radio television production, spent years as a radio television DJ, uh, worked nightclubs and everything else. As I got older, it became less relevant, plus jobs are very far and few between. So I had to change career paths at 46. I even went back to school myself. Uh, back into the IT department. So it's, it's all in giving guidance. Like I said, if someone had told me years ago, yeah, being a DJ is going to be fun, but there's not that many jobs out there. It's not like you can just go to work anywhere. Um, that's kind of what I've, my statement. I think we need to give our children a little more real-world guidance before we send them off to the big, bad world and expect them to pay back $100,000 and $200,000 debts. That's it,
2: guys. All right, Lee, thanks, thanks for the call. Uh, what we're going to do, though, is take a real quick break, and then we get back. We'll comment on the couple of co- uh, p- uh, points that Lee brought up. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your personal finance questions as we talk today about uh, Social Security and student loans, among other things. The number to call if you do want to join the conversation is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Back with with more money talks after this.
0: Funny Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
2: Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter Janderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Ryder had his crystal ball out this morning because, as we talked about financial news at the top of the show, he brought up Social Security and student loans and said, you know, this is kind of a hot topic. We might get some phone calls. And that's what we're doing because uh, we, we will go wherever the, sh- the callers want to take us. And I think that's uh, part of the good things about this show is that we had something in mind that we can put off later because we do want to hear your uh, thoughts and ideas about these topics uh, before the break, Lee from Tupelo, I think um, had a couple of things that we could throw out that you could comment on. Uh, it was talking about student mm-hmm. loans, the cost yeah. of college. He mentioned the idea of community college that you know get your kind of basic coursework done at an, uh, at, a, at a cheaper rate it's a great value, a yeah. great
1: value yeah, and over points. the last few years we've had this idea floated of course, I know there the ideas out there of free college, um, but maybe to pair that back and make community college free. And what would happen is that um, a lot of students who maybe would not even have the opportunity to go to college at all will go that route, and then they will feed into the four-year institution. So I think that's a great idea. It's great value. The other thing you need to really think about, and which he brought up, is you're investing in an education. So you need to think about the return on that investment. You need to think about the value of the degree, what kind of jobs you'll get, what kind of income you'll earn to be able to pay those loans back. And you need to think about the quality of the institution that is awarding that degree. Mm -hmm. And those two things Things will determine what kind of cash flow stream you can generate once you graduate.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think he brought up a lot of great points, and it, w- one of them kind of goes into you know what I was saying kind of at the, at the beginning of the show. One one big problem is not necessarily the dollar amount of debt someone has taken on. The problem is that you know, it hasn't been applied well, you know, maybe they got, maybe they spent too long getting a degree that's is it good It's a good degree. They got a good education, got a good job out of it, but they spent a lot of time. And so it was a lot more expensive than they anticipated or uh, possibly just they, it was a lot more expensive to get a degree that was going to be a foothold in the industry they want to work in anyway. Um And, and so it's, it's, it's the value that they received isn't high enough. You know, that everyone likes to use that dollar amount of debt as a, you know, a big headline figure, but, you know, I mean, numbers are bigger these days, and and, and some people do, you know, are able to use a ton of debt to, to catapult themselves into a very high-paying career. You know, you think of lawyers and doctors who take on tons and tons of debt, but then come out and, and make Lots of well, money. Well, the doctors do, not necessarily dollar, okay, But dollars. I will say
1: to you, we do know that our highest default rate in student loans is among those uh, students who do not get a degree. So at some point along the way, they give up, they uh, fall by the wayside, and that debt is still hanging over them. And the other thing mm-hmm. I would comment That's on is the bigger picture here for me as I look at this student loan problem is that it's a drag on the economy. And so when people are having to make payments on something that happened a long time ago that maybe is not paying off as well as they hoped, then they're not starting families, buying houses, mm-hmm. uh, washing machines and cars. Washing and, machines. Yes. All mm. of those. I have washing machines on my mind after reading <laughs> an article. Um, but all of those things that we would normally be doing, they're they are delaying getting started in all of that. And that is holding us back.
3: And And, you know, what he said about guidance, I really like. Um, Because, you know, when someone is 18, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, you know, embark on this journey or kind of kind of set that path for themselves when they are 18. And um, I am close enough to 18 that I still remember that, man, I you know, I didn't know everything that I wanted to do. I I wasn't making the best uh, financial decisions. And I had, you know, I had parents who gave me great guidance, but I still made decisions. I still look back and could have done it differently. And um, and and part of the
1: Recorded. Yes, these are all recorded, all and these mother? are
3: podcasts, slash money talks. And it. that's where they will be posting the episode uh, for all of our listening audience, including my mother, who listens every time. <laughs> She'll probably text me in just a minute. Um, What was I saying with that? But that's another case where community college uh, is a really good idea for folks who, you know, they they know they're going to go to college, um, but they don't necessarily know exactly where they want to go. They don't. They've got a pretty good idea of the field, but maybe they want to knock out some credits, get a little bit of life experience in that community college. And I think that's what uh, Lee's son did. He was probably, you know, a lot more mature than people who just straight away at 18, you know, were, were launching into whatever they wanted to do or whatever they thought they wanted to do. And that maturity and that growth and, um, and also being in that community college and seeing what, what, what your other options are uh, was probably very useful. And by the way, the idea of not
2: going with a boatload of quarters to a laundromat is why the washing machine was one of my fondest purchases as I became a homeowner. The
1: pr- prices are going <laughs> up on washing one. machines, guys. It's because of those tariffs.
2: All right. Uh, back to the phone lines we go where uh, Michael's called in from Ocean Springs. Michael, thanks for waiting. You're on the air with us.
8: Yes, sir. I, uh, I just wanted to uh, give a real-world example that touched on so many things you've been talking about, including guidance, the nature of student loans, and, and uh, maybe a little bit of a cautionary tale. Uh, a, a real quick setup, my wife and I attended University of New Orleans. Uh, we jumped right in, and uh, neither one of us had any support from our parents. But even though that's the case, uh, when we were applying for financial aid, we, they, you know, we had to look at our, our parents' income. So it disqualified us from getting any kind of grants or anything like that. So only th- the only options available to us at that time were Stafford loans, and uh, which is basically your your government-backed uh, student loans. And uh, so, but we were both working full-time. And eventually, you know, University of New Orleans doesn't do any hand-holding. So after a significant amount of time, neither one of us... Uh, just the real world intruded and we couldn't finish our degrees and we just had to, you know, buckle down and continue working. Now, the student loaners, uh, they were both um, administered by Sally Mae and then they ended up getting rolled into each other when we got married. Uh, The only really income-based anything that they allowed us was uh, forbearance. And forbearance is, you know, they basically say, well, you don't have to pay for this period of time, but your interest is rolling over, rolling over, and rolling over. Mm-hmm. And over the years, uh, that principal uh, rolled over so much interest because um, we were struggling along, never really could pay much. We you know, paid interest for a while, and then we'd have to forbear again well eventually it doubled in size and uh when my wife got a very small inheritance we ended up having to pay it off like to the tune of forty thousand dollars wow um and it 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 affected our you know trying to get houses it it, i mean it's just just the fact that it was weighing on us by itself just purely psychological it's like having a bear just waiting to chop down on you at any time we we never, you know, defaulted, but at the same time, we were never able to get out from under it until we got this, you know, so we, we paid it back, but yeah tale there. <laughs> well,
1: and, and understand that it is very, very rare for student loans to be discharged in bankruptcy.
8: Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we filed bankruptcy twice during oh, that yeah. time, and of course, it survives the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It follows you. You can't get rid of it. They've got you. <laughs>
1: and connecting to our other topic, do you know there are now people on Social Security whose uh, Social Security wages are being docked to cover student loans?
8: That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. All right, Michael. So, Go ahead. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, I was just saying I wish I would have gotten, my wife and I had gotten more guidance in the beginning, maybe our basic course load at community colleges, uh, some mm-hmm. sort of, you know, guidance. One other small thing, and this will be quick, the, the rate at which credit card companies throw credit cards at uh, – at college kids, Mm -hmm. you don't have to prove income. You don't have to prove credit. All you have to do is show a paid fee bill for being in college, and they'll Mm -hmm. throw you a credit line that no college kid in the world has any business having.
1: I agree. And do you know there are a lot of uh, colleges that actually sell their student loans to credit card companies?
8: Oh, I, I it yeah. doesn't surprise me even a little. Yeah. So um, uh, I'll go ahead and go off the air, and I'll, I'll I'll take the rest of the comments just listening. All right, and, Michael. And know that for the
1: call. Um, you know there is motivation for higher institutions. They want more people to come. They want you to stay longer, um, and you know not all of them are are the same as far as their ethics and their standards. So um, we have a lot of for-profit universities out there that um, will cold call students that they know will qualify for some of these loans and grants and sign them up and then they don't give them the support they need to actually finish the the degree.
2: Mm -hmm. I thought there was some legislation that did uh, did limit uh, the credit card solicitations to college students.
1: Um, Possibly that came with that credit card bill.
2: but uh, I do remember when I was at uh, USM at a football game, they'd have, you know, right there on the, in the concourse, they'd have someone out there pitching the, the credit cards. So uh, we got another caller on the line that wants to join in on our student loan discussion. It's Tyler in Columbus. Tyler, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please.
4: Hey, how's it going? Good. I just got more of like a kind of a add on, in a way, something I heard today while watching a video. Um, and it's, it's a different kind of take. Instead of having the government help out as much and put their hands in or their money in and backing up all these students loans, shouldn't they get out of the student loan helping so that these uh, colleges aren't raising the prices because if, if the government's backing the student loans, that in turn raises the prices because the government can cover the raise of prices, if that makes any sense. Well, so, I mean, there
1: is there is some truth to that because uh, government is subsidizing that whole market and giving support to those uh, lenders, mm-hmm. and they know they've got that protection. Um, so it, it, it is a...
3: You know A bit of a loop There going on Yeah and, and and I think that's Something you know Mentioned in the beginning Of the show About the, the demand For college One we're encouraging More and more people To go And we are Making it Easier and easier For them to get The money to go uh, So you do see Absolutely I mean if there's Just way more money Available for a product That product's price Will go up um, oh, yeah. and, and, and like Nancy Pointed out You know Especially with For profit schools You know They will price Their Courses such that it is just the maximum they know they can get for your student loan. Um, that's that's how courses get priced now, uh, especially in adult education, where it's just it's so easy to get student loans. I mean, I mean, I got I got student loans for a master's degree. I mean, it took me about five minutes online to, to do it. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, and so that that is a good point. Um, you know, the problem is we've kind of decided that what a college education is valuable and it is as society we we want to support that, but it, and so and so it 's hard for us to say you know how do we how do we rein that money in and I mean, I think there are some good ideas. Um I mean, well, I think a lot of the ideas that involve just like putting more money in there, um, you know, for things like forgiveness, I think those would lead to higher um, education prices. And perhaps, you know, if if there are a way to um, put uh, college outcomes and uh, put colleges a little more responsible or have a little more skin in the game when it comes to the outcome of the student, um, you know, m- maybe yeah. that would you know limit the amount of money available to the college. You know, if it were particularly you know profit schools, which are not generating great outcomes, if okay. if there were some way to adjust that down, what they were able to receive from the Department of and, Education, and we have tried. Yeah, it's uh, just there there
1: have been that um, just
3: gets super complicated.
1: Yes, but um uh, institutions um had been under some regulations to track their uh graduates and report if they were gainfully employed and what was happening with them and uh, we've had some pushback on that.
4: Okay. All right. Um and just one one other thing uh on the credit card thing that the guy said last, mm-hmm. yeah, they they push like five or six credit cards to me every I get uh, two, three credit cards in the mail all the time. Wow. On, on, off, uh, every day. I'm always qualifying for them. My credit's good, thankfully, but it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's a bad. good
2: business. It's a good business. Oh, yeah.
4: They just shove it down your
5: throat and give you money.
2: All right, Tyler, thanks for the call. Good points there. Uh, we need to take one final break this hour. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've been talking about the student loans uh, today, and uh, we will wrap up the show after this.
0: Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. to
2: Money Talks on NPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been talking about student loans throughout the hour and uh, probably will wrap up that way. We've got a caller to get to uh, on the line, but one thing that I wanted to throw out there is one of the things that we've been talking about is you know carefully choose your career path so that the, uh, the, the education you're investing in will pay off with a job that will provide you enough money to both pay off your loans but also you know, make you earn a living. Where do you think that maybe we could sort of beef up that message of uh, parents, high school counselors, all of the above? Well,
1: definitely um, counselors, uh, mostly at the high school level, mm. need to really talk to students about what they can expect. What's the uh, demand for the job? What kind of income they will earn? The other thing I would say is, you know, just what um, we had someone point out earlier where they started in one career and then had to swap over you're going to have to be nimble so even if you get a good degree that gets you a good job now in 20 years things may change and that's what we're finding is the rate of change is faster and so for those students who are now graduating they're looking at maybe you know um, two or three different types of careers along the way as they adjust
2: all right back to the phone lines we go Uh, jean's called in from jackson this morning jean you're on the air with us go ahead
5: uh, yes thank you for taking my call mm-hmm. uh, I just want to say in the beginning uh, no forgiveness at all period uh, I'm a <laughs> I was uh, attending several colleges back in the mid 80s uh, and, and 90s uh, the first uh, when I first got out of high school I went to a few Texas colleges uh, I took loans uh, at uh, five and ten thousand uh, dollars, probably a total of twenty or thirty thousand um, dollars. I didn't be called on any of them at all. Um, I was making less than twenty thousand dollars a year until about ninety four, ninety five. So between eighty. In 95, I wasn't making all that much money and still paid off. I've got out of debt twice with making that little bit, little money. I mean, I remember going to McDonald's and half, uh, half the week. Uh, we, Wednesday, my paycheck was already gone, okay? So, no excuses. Pay it back just because you didn't pick the right career or just because you... Uh, really don't feel like it or it's an extrovert, I think those are people that have overcommitted themselves or just irresponsible.
1: Uh, That's my take on it. Well, uh, Gene, I I mean, I appreciate that. I I understand that feeling myself. But then I also have to step back. And the bigger picture is that this situation has reached the point that it's just dragging us all down. Um, And that's why I'm open to some other options.
3: Yeah, and, and and that reminds me of an earlier caller, you know, uh, Terry, you know, went to MSU years ago for $950 a semester. And I mean, one thing, the the change in the cost of college has been a lot more dramatic than the change in cost of almost any other thing. I think it's healthcare might be the only thing that's gotten uh, more expensive uh, faster. And I would say uh, th- this, this kind of blanket, uh, blanket forgiveness thing is a, a brand new proposal I mean fresh off the presses yesterday that 's why we 're talking about it today, but the forgiveness that i 've talked about for a long time is is built into the loan contracts and um, while you know when you say forgiveness, of course it sounds it sounds great and it sounds really generous, but if you look at the math broadly, uh, forgiveness one uh, for the lender is way way better than default um, and it's, it's very rare that somebody who, even with a large loan balance, uh, with any kind of reasonable income, even not with a great income, it, it's very rare that they would actually end up paying um, significantly, significantly less uh, with, with an income-based and forgiveness program. It's, it's not, you know, when I talk about that forgiveness after 20 or 25 years that is in a lot of loan repayment terms, it's not a super generous giveaway uh and there is still tax to pay on that and it's it's not you know tax at that all at your top rate that's not cheap um, so so that's it's it's not the really big giveaway that it, it may I'm, and I, I know I know sometimes I make it sound like that um, the the way the terms work out it's still very good for the lender but it's just a lot more manageable and I think that's an important part is making it manageable for the borrower.
2: All right, uh, Gene, thank you. We appreciate your perspective on the issue. We've got uh, just about a minute left. And <clears throat> as we mentioned a couple times in the show, to me, I do think uh, that sort of the income-based repayment plan does seem to sort of be sort of a happy medium. You're not not getting the money back, but you are making it a little bit more easier mm-hmm. uh, for someone to pay it back right. so that it's not a, a drag on them. And Or, as it says, as Nancy, as you've been saying, it doesn't drag down the entire economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we've got, let's see – only about a minute left. Cheryl, if you can be real brief, we've only got about a minute left on on our show. Yes. Go ahead.
6: Okay. One of the things I'm concerned about is we've gotten to a point in this country where we look at college as a trade school, and we look at people getting a bachelor's degree in certain fields as, like, uh, not a good investment. But the thing is that Not too many years ago, college used to be a place you go so you could be more educated. And the other thing I wanted to say was that student loans, there needs to be forgiveness for school teachers because they are not getting paid very much. They need a bachelor's degree, sometimes a master's degree, and then they have to try and pay off those loans. Um, once they graduate, and they're not getting paid very much in order to teach our kids. It's part of the reason a lot of people aren't getting teaching degrees anymore.
3: Yeah, Um, that's a a Yeah, that's a great point about it's just a higher standard of entry now is that college degree. All right. Great
2: conversation this morning. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash moneytalks. Or you can listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcast app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and a call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lotter Janderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next at 10 it's in legal terms we'll be back next tuesday at nine for another money talks heard only on mpb think radio
1: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com,
2: member FDIC.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.